Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Thank you, Jesus. So we're kind of making a mother's nursing room over here. So, And then there's going to be like another closet over there. And then we're going to kind of duplicate it over here for storing the chairs. That's what that's all about. Praise God. So we are glad that you decided to come to the house of the Lord. It was good when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Can you say amen? Well, we had a phenomenal nine days in Barahona, Dominican Republic. It was amazing. And then we had to catch up this whole week. Some in recovery, some backing up. You know, back to reality. You know, praise Jesus. Could I have all the missionaries come up, please? We're going to give some testimonies. We had some first-time missionaries. And those that came for the first time are ruined for eternity. Amen. They are ruined for eternity. Uh, I got a Facebook message this morning from Pastor... Fernando Fleming, and he's like, uh, the pastors in this one city had heard about the fire God falling in Barahona, and they said, please, 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 can you come? But I haven't Facebooked Mecca because we're going to the country of, of um, where are we going? Burma. Burma. That's right, we're going to Burma. <laughs> Burma is on the border of China, India, and Thailand, so we're doing a three-day miracle healing crusade in an area where there's never been one before. So that's kind of kind of awesome. So um, we'll start over here with Gabe and just pass the mic down and just share from your heart, Gabe. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is my second trip with Dr. Jack Myers. Got to say, this trip was different, and in, in the way that God used me more than I thought He would. Like compared to last year, was my first time. But just I'm gonna make it short and sweet. But um, I guess. The first night of the crusade, you know, it was, we got there, team was ready, uh, prayer, the spirit broke out, and rain just started to fall on us, and it was just like the, the rain of the Father falling on us, and I think that's what boosted us, but then second night, it was just my wife and I going into the crowds, and miracles just were happening, you know, we were laying hands on people, and just, again, the mouth. And the faith that you bring in when you do these things, it just it happens right in front of you instantly. You ask them, hey, how do you feel? Move your knee. They move their knee right there. No pain. Gone. If they have pain, you go keep praying. You ain't going to go anywhere. You're going to stay right there until, they, until they're gone. The pain's gone. The last night for me, I never, had a, never seen a demon manifest in front of my eyes. And I just took authority over that demon and I said, in the name of Jesus, you come out now. And I just stayed with her on the ground and she was manifesting and I was like, you go in the name of Jesus. You go, you go, you go. I just threw water at her. I know it's not the wrong, the right thing to do. And that thing just started flipping and then next thing I know, she just opened her eyes and she just said, Jesus. That's, that's all I got to say. And come to these trips, man. They're life-changing. One thing down, you know, the, the stage is up there. We're towards the front. To see my buddy, Gabe. Mm. <laughs> anyway. 
But one of the best things for me was to see Gabe. He was enjoying himself. Hey, man. I, I was just right behind him. His arms, can you play act there, brother? And he was just, but just, I was getting the boomerang blessing from my brother. Amen. And uh, we enjoyed it. Oh, and uh, one thing, April and I were back in the bus after being among the people. And we both wanted to tell each other something. <clears throat> And uh, we had trouble talking. It was like, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. It's our. It was our first time. And uh, Gabe and Matt kind of babysat us. This is Matt, this big guy right here. And so anyways, but um, Pastor Marie, they have us going out every single day, like ministering in the streets and passing out flowers. Well, one day we go up in this place and we're just like, the bus stops. We all get out and it looks like, desolation to me. It didn't look like much of anything, but there was these kids and stuff, sorry. And so uh, Pastor Marie's like, oh, you, you four go with uh, one of the interpreters up this hill. <laughs> yeah. I'm around 50-something. My friend here is around 60-something. Our other person that went with us is 75. And then Lexi's mom, some of you guys know Lexi's mom, she's about my size, about my weight, and stuff like that. So the interpreter looks at Pastor Marie, for real, and says, you want me to take these up there? <laughs> so I knew something was up. <laughs> this is my first trip. So anyways, Lexi's mom, she's a little younger than me, but about the same size. And so she just starts trekking up the thing. Well, it's really dry, it's barren, and it's not easy to walk on. And so we're all like, you know, you got to watch your ankles, you got to be careful where you're going. You're walking in like this drip divot thing of where the rain maybe was someday a long time ago. <clears throat> so we get up there and the interpreter, he's like, this neighborhood really needs the Lord. Well, there's just these like shacks every now and then of like, if you haven't been there, it's like metal pieces just all like stuck together somehow. No doors. Maybe they got like a fabric or something for a door. And so anyways, we get up there and the interpreter, he's like, we, this neighborhood really needs the Lord. I'm like, what neighborhood? <laughs> But anyways, we turn this curve of this hill, mountain thing, and he acts like he knows this guy. They like hug and everything, and I'm like, that's weird. Okay, I didn't know we were going to visit someone. Anyway, so then he's like, hey, who wants to witness to these people? So Marilyn, the 75-year-old lady, jumps in, and she's like, I'll witness to him. And she zeroes in on this one guy, and there's two or three other people there. So he's, anyway, she talks to him, and they're like, do you want to pray with us? So he prays with us, and so did the people around him. And then the interpreter says, this is my cousin. So we had went up there, and it was so cool to, like, minister to this guy's cousin. He's like, this is my neighborhood. This is where I came from. And it was so poor and so crazy. But anyways, we were coming down this mountain, which was almost worse than going up, because you're trying to, like, not lose your footing. And, uh, you know, we're a little older, maybe a little overweight, you know. But anyway... So I'm walking in front of my friend here, and she's like, this just makes me think of Jesus and his sandals walking, and I'm just, like, starting to get drunk. I'm just like, hold on. I can't. Because I was just picturing the Lord, like, going into these places that people don't go. So anyways, that was just, like, a huge blessing. <laughs> so this was my fifth year going on a mission trip with Pastor Jack and Pastor Marie. And um, as per usual, the Lord never fails. And um, it always seems like every time I go, I get more blessed than 
more than I can even imagine. And seeing the Lord work through our hands and our feet and our mouths is always, um, it's a it's a sobering moments for me that the Lord can use each and every one of us in a powerful way. And as Miss April was saying, going into the villages, I had that thought as well um, because we really were in like these remote villages going through and um, passing out flyers and stuff. And it was just really touching to see um, how people live as well. Um, We saw uh, like this little old-fashioned laundry machine type thing, too. It's just different to see how they live back in those areas. And one area we went, they don't even have running water. So they have to go down and carry their gallons of water back up to their homes with them. Mm-hmm. And it's, a like Miss April said, a hard walk. <laughs> the roads were very steep. But um, I remember one day um, we were driving down the road to um, go flyering, and I saw a group of people... As we passed by, and I was like, ooh, I really want to talk to them. And I didn't know that we were going to stop just right up the road. But we stopped, and so my group that I got separated into, we ended up going in that direction. So here are this group of people playing games. And uh, our interpreter was like, okay, who wants to talk to these people? And I was like, ooh, me, because, you know, I'd already, like, scoped them out. And um, so we let them finish playing their little game of dominoes or whatever they had going on there. And um, I guess it's just touching to me to see the respect that people show because um, they were like, hold on, let us just finish this and then we'll listen. And all of them just stop what they're doing and listen to what you say. And so to share the gospel in that kind of manner is awesome. And all of them received Jesus. So it was about 25, 30 people there. And then um, also the the Knights of the Crusades were just awesome. Like Gabe was saying, um, I saw a lot of people healed from pain, doing things they couldn't do before, and also just um, people also just healed um, from heartache and stuff because you could just see the change in their face. Their whole countenance just changes when Jesus touches them. So yet again, I loved going. It's awesome. If you've never been on a trip, you need to go on one to have that experience with the Lord working through you and in you. Well, this is my first trip of going, and um, I think this is when you stand on the Word and what you've taught here. These people are so precious. And you talk about trust. They trust in you to guide them, to direct them, and all they're about is love. They just want to love Jesus. They want to be forgiven. They want to know who He is, and they're counting on you to help them do that. And um, I'll tell you, I felt like I was always in the spirit, but I always felt like the devil was at my back. And I kept remembering Pastor Jack saying, he's under your feet. He's under your feet. He's under your feet. Because when you go over there, he wants to stop you. He doesn't want you to find any good or feel any good. But you have to remember what Jesus said, go where he goes. Go ye into the world. And this is your opportunity to be his hands, his feet, and just to love these people. To just, it was just amazing. Like April said, when we're coming down, I felt like Jesus told me, he said, do you know this is like the path I walked up to the cross? 
And did I wear sandals? And I'm like, I don't know, Lord, did you wear any sandals? <laughs> you, know? you know, he was beaten. You know, he was mocked. He was made fun of. But he did all that so we could go to heaven. And he wants all those people to go to heaven too. So this is your opportunity. Like Pastor Jack said, go ye into the world. Be his hands and feet. And take the good news. And Matt, I want to say thank you. I ministered to a couple of women that were not living their life where they were supposed to be. And it was one of my first couple of women that I now I, I, I helped lead other people to the Lord. These were not the only two women that were put in front of me, but they were my greatest challenge because they refused to accept Jesus. So I was kind of crying <laughs> to Matt, and he said, but remember... You're not going to be the harvester. You might just be the one toiling the soil. And somebody else is going to come and plant the seed. And somebody else is going to water. And God's going to harvest. So that was a good lesson for me. And it was something I remembered. And it, thank God it was one of the first things I learned on the mission trip the very first day. Because I saw that wherever I went. That yes, I wasn't, the one, I wasn't there to do the harvesting God was. You know, I was just there to help till the soil and plant a seed. So, thank you, Matt. Welcome. All right, this is my fifth trip, and every time it gets more and more powerful. Last year, we saw our lame man walk, which was like, how can we top that? But I, don't, I wasn't sure if my faith was strong enough to see, like, a limb grow out, so I was praying for unibrows to grow in. <laughs> I never got to see it manifest, but <laughs> someone's going to grow one. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, my favorite thing about the trip is we truly become family. I got to know Jeff more than just a congregation member. He's truly like a brother now, and that's and he ministered to me quite a bit, sharing a room with him. That was my favorite part. Oh. I didn't get to see you in a brow, though. <laughs> okay, you guys can say um, so going to church here and graduating at River Bible Institute, we always hear um, about missions and going out and preaching the gospel and learning how to soul win. And um, I've read it in the Bible many times, but it didn't really hit me until I got to go on this trip. This was my first trip. And to get to go to the villages and seeing where these people might have never heard that Jesus loves them. And for us to be a part of that, it really touched me. I think I cried like every single time we went to street ministry. Every single time we flyered, I think I cried like every time. Um, <laughs> and like and like Matt said, the unity of the team was awesome. I just felt so close to everyone, and it was really hard to come back and then not see these people every morning that I would wake up. Um, and then on the uh, mission field, when we were at the crusade nights, seeing how many people were getting healed, how many people was accepting Jesus into their hearts. I think my favorite night was the first night. Like Gabe was saying, it rained on us, and we were praying against the rain. But it only rained five minutes. It was, like, just on us. And I think that, like he said, it boosted us up. And we were like, okay, this is the reign of God. This is the power. And so right after it, like, quit raining, we just went out. We laid hands on people. We saw people. I prayed for a person that had a back problem. And you could feel the movement in the their back like their disc was like in lining it was crazy I've never seen something like that before and I was praying like I want to see miracles because I hear about it all the time but I never see it and I got to experience that it was such an awesome time I encourage everyone to go um, make a way save your money and go amen well this is my fourth um, mission trip with Dr. Jack and Pastor Marie 
Um, I have to say every year, um, God takes me to a different level, a higher level. Um, I think for me, the highlight of my trip was twofold. Um, one and the same, really, to be able to share the love of God with people in another country. And in one aspect, I got to share um, my testimony. I've been on four trips. This is the first time I've actually shared my testimony. And that ministered to me. It ministered to the people, but it, it blessed me because I was able to verbalize and put into words where God has brought me from and share with these people a real-life story of what I've been through and what God is doing in my life now. And to be actually a missionary in another country ministering to these people um, was just above and beyond. Um, the, the second part of that was in the street ministry when we were flowering and, and ministering to people. I had the opportunity um, to lead three different men um, to the Lord and to see their countenances change and to actually share the love of God one-on-one -on -one with these people in a city that is in this particular area was so impoverished and um, you think, my gosh, how do they live like this every day? Um, every day, day in, day out, this, this is their life. And um, I heard God say, um, if I called you to be an in-country missionary, would you accept the call? I would have to say yes, I would. Because it's so ministered to me that if we don't go, if we don't tell, if we don't speak of the love of God, they won't know. They won't hear. Okay, hi. So this is my fourth trip with them. And like you've heard practically everybody say that every year something different happens. So this year, I arrived to the church, trying to mind my own business. If you guys know me, I just like to keep to myself. And pastor's like, hey, Carrie, got a word of the Lord for you. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm like trying to sneak around. He's like, hey, you ready? I'm like, no, I don't have a pen and paper. And he's like, just listen. So he tells me, you know, this trip is going to um, do a great work in my heart, that a lot of my passion and life is going to get aligned, that there's been a lot of things going on, um, and God calls me worthy paraphrasing. So I'm like, okay, awesome. Uh, Sunday, first day I'm there. If I don't know if you guys know this, but I work with people with disabilities and I have for about five years now and it's my heart, uh, people with intellectual or developmental disabilities. So first night of the church, I before I even get into the church, I can feel the presence on the bus. We get in there and I'm like, the presence and AC, that's rare. <laughs> so we... <laughs> So we get to the, the front and worship over in the DR. Let me tell you, I understand my pastor wants us to tap in, why he's encouraging us to clap, to enter in, to pull, because it's a whole nother atmosphere. So we go in there, and I'm already like sensitive to the spirit, so I'm already kind of crying. And then I catch something over to my right, which is, again, my fourth mission trip, nothing I've ever seen. There's two rows in the front of people with disabilities, people with Down syndrome. They're blind. Uh, some are deaf, and I'm like... 
And then there's a lady in the front, and she's signing to them so they can, uh, the deaf can, you know, know what's going on. And then the ones that were blind, they had people like, uh, yeah, they were signing on their face so, again, they could understand. And then there was a whole row of people with Down syndrome. And I'm like, <laughs> so I literally cry the whole time because I can just feel that the, the love that God has for them. So ministry time comes, and I get the chance to go over and actually pray for them, which was a whole nother level of, uh, because I guess they're telling them, like, hey, there's an American in front of you, and she was blind, and all of a sudden she just latches onto me, and I'm like, <laughs> and I just got the chance to, like, bless and pray for them. Um, and so then that night, we go to another church, and there's probably 11, well, maybe not that many, but there's a group of us, and there's this guy next to the speaker, and he's dancing, and instantly, I know he has Down syndrome, and I'm like, and he comes over, and he gives me the biggest hug, and then the whole time, he just loves service. You should see him worship. We could take some tips from him. Um, so anyways, I explain all of this just to... There was a lot of stuff I went over there with, and I felt like the Lord really shed things from me. Um, I didn't really realize it until I got back to the States, and I was like, wow, I didn't really have time to process. You're very busy. You're going, you know, and you know he's doing stuff, but when you're nine days now all by yourself, which was like paradise for me, I was like wow, like I felt different. I'm talking to people and they're like, mm, something different about you. I'm going to give you a couple of days because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was an amazing trip. Um, the bonding, the unity between you know the team and just getting, it, it was different in the way for me because I felt like like Miss Teresa was saying, you know, about getting a harvest. And I felt like it wasn't so much for our harvest, but us personally, we were sowing to get something over here in the States. Because, you know, a lot of people have been to Barahona. There's been lots of crusades. They had one in March. They're having one in July. So I felt like for our team, it was um, getting that tight, what, what's that, the family, the tight-knit family um, that we say in our declaration. So I just thought, oh, that was pretty awesome. And Go. Even if you don't think you can, because I was like, I'm way too busy. I work 60 hours a week. I'm not going to get paid on these 10 days. I don't know how I'm going to do any of this. And let me tell you that God has financially provided completely everything that I needed. So even if you think you can't, take it from me, step out, do it even if your flesh says no, and you'll be extremely blessed by it. Amen. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my second trip to um, the mission trip and to Dominican Republic. My first trip last year uh, totally ruined me <laughs> in a good way. Um, but I knew that this year I was very pumped, very excited. I knew God was going to do uh, more miracle signs and wonders and just waiting for the ex- expecting, uh, seeing the Lord move in a mighty, powerful way and seeing that he's using us. He's using me. Thank you. you no, know, an ordinary woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, using me. Um, 
going over there was this year was very different. We actually did more of the um, outside ministry. We went and we would distribute flyers, and every person that we came in contact with we were just ministering, spreading the gospel, sharing this gift that we have and we want to give them, which his name is Jesus. Okay, and there was not hesitation in their part. They were hungry. They wanted this gift. They, they you could able to see through their eyes this hope this desire what they wanted yeah. and the moment that we share the gospel that we share this gift and share Jesus with them you know they, they, they found the answer yeah. and that was just a life changing in all of us even with me okay um this this trip actually encountered more of us being outside Okay, in which being in the weather, beautiful weather of the heat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we are so spoiled. I have to say I'm very spoiled here in Florida. You know, I, I get into my car, air conditioning the house, air conditioning 69, 70 degrees. Sorry, husband. <laughs> it's always cold. But, and also in our jobs, right? But over there, there's nothing like that. So every place that we went, it was, there was no air conditioning only in the bus. You know, so if you're not used to that, you know, your body will get a hold on it. Okay, so and a, a few days after, I was feeling, you know, the, <laughs> the heat, the tore of my body, but I've never said anything, and I was just focusing, noting, knowing that I was there with an assignment. I was there for a purpose. It's not how, how I was feeling. It's not how my body was feeling me or what it was telling me. It was just go and do what, I, and what I'm here for. Okay? So uh, on that day that uh, Miss April and Miss Teresa was saying going up to the mountains, I was part of that group. So we got into this uh, road. It was just a dirt road and the bus stop. And I know we were divided into groups. And I saw this hill that we were going up this mountain. So, okay, okay, we're going to go up this mountain. So as we were going up this mountain, it's just like they said. It was just dirt road. There was nothing there, not even a little road. Uh, uh, a road going up is just rocks and you have to be careful how you go up there and Pastor Eddie was the, our translator he was um, guiding us and at one point um, we were with Miss um, Jessica and that's Dr. King's wife and, his, and their children and she said well I'm going to stay underneath this tree because I know that because of the children we can go up higher and she wanted to be saved so I said you know I'm gonna stay with you too <laughs> so it's a, I said I'm gonna stay with you too and I'm not sure brother Jeff you were with us too so he I, he stood with us I know there was uh, um yes he stood with us and Miss Teresa Miss April and Jamie and Miss Marilyn God bless her they all went with him and I just saw them going up, 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 up in the mountain and then this disappear. So we had flyers and we're talking and all of a sudden we see little kids coming out and they're running and they're coming to us. These kids, half of them had clothes on, half of them they have nothing, they have no shoes, okay? 
and there were the happiest children that you have ever seen. They came to you and they started talking to us and they wanted to know what we were doing. So I started ministering to them and, and talking to them about the crusade, this great festival that we were having and to bring their family. And they said, well, we want to help you. We want to help you, so give us some of the flyers and we're going to go and help you. So at the beginning, I was a little bit hesitant. I was like, hmm, are you sure? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking around and I only saw about three little houses that shack is actually luxury word because it's nothing compared to the shack. It's worst condition ever that I have seen. So I gave them some flyers and they went ahead running and they disappeared. In less than five minutes, they came back and they said, okay, we distributed all of them. Give us more, give us more. And they're all giggling and laughing and happy. And we gave them more and they disappeared and they came back and they were helping us and helping us and helping us and us ministering them and that actually caught my eye my heart so well because here I am so tired <laughs> my feet very reluctant or going up the hills and they had no shoes hardly no no clothes on and they did the work Amen. And, and and they were helping and that actually blessed us we were able to minister to them and the other part was after seeing these ladies come down from that mountain and see their face expression it was just priceless we know that they had such an encounter up there and I couldn't just wait to hear their story Amen. And that actually blessed us, um, blessed me a lot in this trip. I actually connect more with our team, um, even with the team over there in, in Dominican Republic. Those people, those, those translators, those pastors, they're such loving, loving people. Um, some of them, they just, they don't get paid. They just go ahead and spread the gospel and they don't get paid. And they do it with all joy, with no asking for anything. Amen. And that and, and that is the true gospel. And I, I, I do encourage each and one of you, if you have not gone, if you're thinking of going, don't think about it. Just go. Just go. I mean, the best way to contribute into the kingdom is to go ahead and make this trip and go. And we could guarantee you, your life will be transformed and changed and ruined completely for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Um, Goodness, where do you start? I mean, there's. this is my third trip with Jack Myers Ministries, and it was my first time being on the media team. And so it's a little bit of a different aspect because you're seeing things through the lens, and I feel like we were living it twice almost because the memories are right there, and you're seeing healings, and you're seeing these people just transform. Like everyone said, their faces just glow after you like give them an encounter with God. I mean, they're just there on the streets, and um, you see hopelessness. You see it. You see the faces. Um, just as much as people are smiling on the streets, there's also ones that they are sitting there day after day, you know, just wondering, you know, what's going to come my way. And when we came, it was like open arms, welcoming. But when Jesus came and ministered to them in that moment, it was something that nobody could give them. Uh, silver and gold would never compare to what you saw they received. And they receive it and they hold on to it there because there's nothing else. So it's like you'll be, we were walking up a mountain one day and we go look into a church and there's a group of people and a 
you know, hot, not AC church, just sitting there, communing, meditating on the word, speaking forth, because they are holding on to Jesus with everything, knowing that they're going to meet him one day, and just getting that um, as a community, that really stirred me. Um, I didn't get to go on the mountain with the group, and I was like, I want to go on the mountain, and I kept saying, like, can we go on the mountain? And we went as a media trip just up to a mountain um, to get photos. Well, we're like, well, let's start ministering to these people anyway. And so we get out, and our translator starts speaking in Creole. And I didn't know he spoke Creole. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, these are people who have also crossed the border, finding refuge um, from Haiti, uh, right, excuse me, in the same island. And um, they're in the mountains with no jackets. And they tell us it gets to 60 degrees at night in the summer. And they're just, like, sitting there um, the happiest people I've ever met from the adults to the elderly to the kids. I mean, some were sick. We were able to pray for them. They were believing they received the healing, like immediately feeling difference in their back. There was someone with a blood disease and he said he felt completely different. Like life went into his blood and we're praying and we're getting photos and just video. And you're just looking at the hope in these people's faces. I mean, I was so blessed, almost like Miss Tammy said, I was just like, if people, there's missionaries everywhere all around Barahona, and that's a part of Barahona, and they say no one goes to the mountains. No one comes up here, and we were there, and it was just like, Lord, if you can use anyone, just use us, and he did in that moment, and it was just beautiful. It's something that sticks with you. Um, it's something that I am not going to lose now that I'm in the States. It's a, it's a choice, though, to not lose it when you're in the States, <laughs> that, um, you know, I want to be my, the hands and feet of Jesus here in Plant City, in the region, in Florida, whatever it takes because just like I met Anita and Samantha and they were hugging and loving on the Jesus in us, there's an Anita and Samantha down the road. And they really need the same exact love, joy, peace, and hope. And so that's what I'm taking back with me is to be his hands and feet here, whatever that looks like. So. Share about the jars. So, uh, as Pastor said, those of you that didn't get to go or those of you that did will have another opportunity. Uh, not this coming summer, 2020, but 2021. We're going to take another trip with a team. Um, but what we're going to do uh, this fall is Pastor's going to go to Burma. So we felt led for the first time in 10 years this coming summer to not take a, a large team. What you saw is we take a team of anywhere from 45 up to 80 people every summer uh, to a, to a trip, but we also do another two to three crusades uh, by our by ourselves or by his self, um, where we don't take a team because taking a team takes 18 months to plan, uh, and it's lots of fun logistically. And so we can do more crusades uh, if we just kind of zip around the globe. So we're going to get ready to go to Burma in November. And what's so exciting about Burma is that for 50 years it was shut down communist, and only for four years has it been open. So YWAM has moved it to number one of their agenda. So when YWAM moves a country to number one, that means a blitz. And so uh, where we're getting ready to do a crusade, uh, and again, this is a why men only trip. Some of the women said, can I go? I'm like, but then I described the conditions, and they're like, oh, okay, no thanks, yeah. Um, not sure you're getting a bed or where on the floor you might find a place, so that kind of trip, but it's you know, two days to get there, and you take another plane and a puddle jumper and another drive out into 
in the bush. So this is what we call special forces. Marines will be doing some of these trips. And uh, there has never been, and so the village that they're going to be setting up headquarters in, 60 of those uh, that have been saved in that village will be going to the next village, 60 guys with these crusaders to set up the sound and everything. And so only one village of 100, there are 100 villages, or we could call it states, only one has been evangelized. And so that village is now cooperating with the Crusaders and with YWAM to evangelize the other 99 that surround it. And so this is obviously Burma, and it's been uh, communist. But as you know in the news, living in America, there are short windows that countries are open. Nepal was open. And so that the dictatorship can be overthrown, even democracy, a king, it doesn't matter. Uh, it can be open today and shut tomorrow. And so it's very, what we do is we look for those windows. We look to partner with crusaders and our thrust is to run in, preach the gospel as much as possible, get literature in before the door shuts. And then you have to go beyond to the next place. So you guys are part of a, a missions church and missions needs to be a lifestyle. People always ask me, how do, how do you kind of, plan for that. Here's how you do it. It's not a plan. I don't negotiate whether I'm going to brush my teeth every day. Hopefully you don't either. Uh, And so there are certain things that are just a lifestyle. And so missions is not a negotiation. It's not a discussion. It's not something we pray about. It's Jesus said it was part of our lifestyle. So we're just always planning. The only planning phase or praying thing we do is where. Not whether we're doing it or whether we're going. So I thought this year to make it easy on some, some of you all, the staff and I developed a financial plan, or I should call it a savings plan. My dad's a financial planner. <laughs> the best there is, just in case you're wondering. Um, and so uh, these are available to you if you want it. So we have things going on here that people say, how do I plan for that? How do I budget for missions, for LCU? Because every person standing up here is an LCU student. They're like, why should we go to Bible school? Because Bible school puts in you the word of God so that you have faith to give that word of God away. And so when you see them saying, hey, what I learned in the classroom or learned in the church, I just tried. And then we're like, perfect. You know, you stepped out. And just, well, let me just, what I heard them say, let me just tell this person. And so people say, that's why is Bible school important? Because it, the word gets in you and faith is birthed in you. And then you can step out and share that with others. And then we also have, uh, as you know, the men's trip and the women's conferences. So I thought what I do is map out a little financial savings plan, whether you were going to do one of those or you were going to do all of them. So you can pick up one of these or actually, if you'd like one, raise your hand and James will get it to you. And that way you can put it on your mirror. And here's what I would suggest. We're going to have a few of these jars in the lobby. They say missions. So if you say, hey, I want to go to school. I feel God wants me to go. I want to do missions. Let me just tell you this. Out of sight, out of mind. So we have great intentions. But when you put literally a jar, I know its jar is too small, unless it's just going to be all $100 bills to, to put aside missions money. But when you put it where you put your keys... And then every day you come in the door and your change goes in here, that's a purposeful act of faith. That's a point of contact for your faith. So we have a separate missions bank account. When you get the jar full, go down to the local bank, whatever you choose. Your personal account is free, and sometimes someone will pay you 50 bucks. Uh, GTE, I know, sometimes pays you, doesn't it, to open an account like Sometimes. Okay. So you just ask Josh Hills. He works for the GTE. He's our banker. Uh, and what you do is you'll just go open a free account and you'll deposit that. And every time you fill the jar, put it aside. Don't mix it in with your checking. Don't mix it in with your savings because you'll touch it. You go, oh, just, you know, the tires went out in the car. We'll have to touch our missions money. Missions money is, is like tide. We don't touch it. 
And so it, it's non-negotiable. But also if you're doing school, or you're doing the men's or women's conference. And the reason that we have those spread out now is so that you can do everything. And so uh, the men's and women's trips are only like men every other year so that you know, we can take the year off. But this is a great thing. These are mason jars or a couple dollars at Walmart. And I think Chrissy made up five you can grab in the lobby. And that just helps you keep it in front of your eyes, whether, again, it becomes a lifestyle that you're just doing all the time and it's not something you're having to struggle for. Now, you, God can give it to you all at once, but if you put it into your budget as an act of faith for God and say, God, this is my lifestyle, you can expect him to fund that to whether you say, Lord, if you give me a promotion, it's going to go all emissions, or if I can work an extra shift a month or something, you're, you become mindful of it and it's in front of your eyes and it's out of your mouth every day. It doesn't have to be this hard thing that we have to do of always making it a massive faith project. We're always should have big faith projects because, um, if faith isn't growing, it's dying. But some of these things that become a lifestyle should just become ordinary and easy for you where maybe your missions jar is full and you don't have to put faith on missions. Wouldn't it be great to put your faith on sending someone else on the team. So it's real, It's not fun to believe God to pay your rent. It's way more fun to believe God to that, Lord, my bills are paid. I'd like to believe to prosper somebody else. So that's when it gets really fun. Amen? Amen. I think we figured it out between now and 2021, June of 2021. I think if you saved $125 a month, then there you go. Yeah. So $125 a month. You'll be able to go on a missions trip. I mean, that includes everything. The airline ticket, your passport, food for the nine days, lodging for the nine days, transportation for the nine days, water for the nine days. It's everything. So do it, man. Do it, do it, do it, do it. It'll, it'll change your life. All right. Well, then open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 10. Let's see if we can't get that up. Romans, chapter 10. And then we'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. And then we'll preach a little bit of a message to you. And then let you go. And then come back tonight. Romans chapter 10, starting with verse 9. And it says this, out of the King James Version. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good news. Now, how can anybody hear without a preacher? God has given us the great commission. It's not the great omission. Can you say amen? It's the great commission. And so we have a responsibility in the United States of America to share our faith. You may be the only eyes that Jesus' eyes. You may be the only Jesus' mouth. You may be the only Jesus' hands. You may be the only Jesus' feet that anybody ever sees. Now we have to be very, very careful here in the United States of America because we are the most blessed nation in the world. But if you've never been outside of the United States, let me ask a question. Anybody in here, you've never been outside the United States of America, can I see your hand? Okay. You will get another 
different perspective of what God sees. You will see a worldly vision of what God sees. We are tremendously blessed. Let me ask you something. How many have a refrigerator in your house? Can I see your hand? How about this? How many have carpet or tile in your house? Can I see your hand? How many have a really comfortable bed? Can I see your hand? How many have AC in your house? Can you say, how about you got food in your refrigerator? Can you say amen? How many drove in your own car on the way here? How many have more than one car? Can you say amen? How many have a beautiful house you're sleeping in? Praise God. Amen. You are so rich compared to most, if not all the people of the world. You're really, really blessed. And I know as missionaries, as we go, you know, as we hit, oh, you, we kind of like hit the ground running, and then we hit like the peak, and then we hit the downhill, and it's about two days you get home, and it's wonderful because you start thinking about your bed. You really do, especially after sleeping on Fred Flintstone's bed. Praise God, amen, for nine days. And then you begin to realize, you know, that you get to have, you know, chilies, you get to have some ribs, and you get to have, you know, an egg McMuffin and a coffee, and you get to realize, instead of eating rice and beans, what are we having for lunch today? Rice and beans. <laughs> How about dinner? Well, rice and beans and a few green eggs and ham. Praise God. Amen. Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. And so you begin to realize but Jesus commissioned us to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We have a responsibility to do that. We just can't be so absorbed with the tremendous amount of blessing that we have in the United States of America. And believe me, you are so blessed. You're the brokest you'll ever be right now. There you go. So we have a responsibility. And you know, God is going to hold us accountable if we don't spread the word of God. Can you say amen? Andrew has a couple of announcements. Andrew, why don't you come make some announcements? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, guys, welcome. What an amazing, amazing morning so far. Those testimonies were incredible. My uh, wife and I are uh, the children's ministers here, and we had the honor and privilege of hosting while the missionaries were away, and we had a uh, you know, great turnout, and we had Dr. Richard Moore. So if you haven't checked it out, check out the podcast. podcast has the teachings on there, an amazing, amazing word we had. And thank you to those that hung back, too, that helped because, you know, the <laughs> We have an amazing church here. So, and guys, if you are new, we do have a welcome packet. Please fill that out. Return to the Source Center. You get a free gift. Um, that Again, that will be in the Source Center. Um, big announcement. We do have our men's trip. The men's trip is uh, coming up in September. That's going to be to Texas. So, um, if you like fishing, if you like doing guy stuff, if you like staying in cabins, and if you like Texas food, because everything's bigger in Texas, so that means the food's going to be bigger. All I'm thinking about is fishing and barbecue, and if you like any of that, please come to the Source Center. We have all the information there for, again, the men's trip. Um, the big thing is the deadline is due, so if you are interested, um, we have the, um, uh, the deposit is due next Sunday. That is the 14th. So again, if you have any questions, come to the Source Center for the amazing men's trip. Um, also, next up, we do have our summer reading list. We have Mr. Mel here that's going to tell us about the summer reading, which, uh, here we go, sir. Okay, Andrew. Okay, who's caught the biggest fish? <laughs> okay, they have big fish in Texas. Hey, I'm excited. It's a beautiful morning. So, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to sit under an improvement evangelist by the name of Charlie Tremendous Jones. And Charlie Tremendous Jones said 
there are three things that will happen to you in the next five years that will make a tremendous difference in your life. Notwithstanding reading the word and being in church, the three additional things that Charlie talked about was one, the books you read, the people you hang around, and the 32s that you listen to. Well, no 78s, no tapes, cassettes, oh, podcasts. We're up to podcasts now. Did anybody know what a 32 is? 38, 72, tape, cassette. No, come on, nobody's in here. Okay, don't raise your hand if you know about a 38, okay? So anyway, so what I want to tell you is that the, the word will change you, and being in church will change you. And you know, change is sometimes threatening, but necessary. It's important that we change and grow. So I want to promote this morning... God's armor here, serving God's leaders. You know, as you serve leaders, the pastors and other leaders, you get blessed. You're the one that receives the blessing. And so this manual that's written by Terry Nance, many of you people have read this. This has been, I believe, required reading in LCU. But I would suggest very strongly for summer reading that you read this book and review it because when you serve you feel good about yourself, and you know that's what God wants you to do down deep inside. And, and you know, God loves servants, you know. The second book I want to promote is The Go-Getter. All right, this book, it changed my life. I read this in 19, a long time ago. <laughs> so this talks about the blue vase. And when I read this a long time ago, I, and I don't want to say this in a braggadocious way, please. But on my desk, I have the blue vase. And when you see what uh, Peter Kyle's talking about and, and the things that this man went through that he writes about to get to the blue vase, this is a life changer. And I strongly suggest it's a thin book so you can read it one, one evening, right? Okay, so those are the two books that are in the bookstore. So uh, it's your pleasure, but I would suggest you read them both. Andrew? Whoops. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll definitely be picking up those. Yeah, God's Armor Bear. I have read that a couple times, um, and it is amazing. Um, so next up, uh, we do have our, typically we'd have our production team up here. We have an amazing, amazing production team. Um, they... I, I don't understand how they do what they do because my heart is to teach Jesus to the kids and I am not trusted around the expense, expense of electronics. So we just, I'll just leave that one alone to our production team. They are amazing. Uh, but we do have our Instagram page, our Facebook. So make sure to follow us uh, on both those pages to get all of our information for upcoming events. Uh, also, we do have our email connections. Uh, our email connections um, you know, are delivered every week. They have a great update on what we're doing here at Life Family Church as well as our uh, church website lifefamilychurch.net so we have our calendar there so if you have any questions you can always go onto the website or give us a call here or see my wife and I and we'll help you out with that amen all right guys open your bibles to the book of mark chapter 16 please i'm not going to be too long just a few more minutes mark 16 right, this morning i want to talk to you about the great commission the great commission Mark chapter 16, starting with verse 15, it says this, And he said unto them, who said it? It was Jesus. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now this is the verse that I stand on for world missions right here. 
Because Jesus gave a commission to the body of Christ, go ye into all the world. So for one of our trips, it's $2,550 to go on one of our trips to a foreign country, especially in Latin America. And we seem to be called to Latin American countries. Been to, called to, we've been to several Latin American countries. Not that we're not called to other parts of the world, but we seem to be called to Latin America. So is it a responsibility for believers to go ye? Absolutely, it's a responsibility. It's not really an option. I've heard some teaching that says there are senders and there are goers. Come on, have you ever heard of a teaching about the senders and the goers? Do you know that's false doctrine, to be honest with you? Well, I'm not really called to go. I'm just really called to send. Well, that's not true because Jesus said for all of us, whether you're a sender or a goer, he said, go ye. Praise God. Amen. He didn't split it up in categories. Amen. I like to be both. I like to be a sender and a goer. Can you say amen? Or a goer and a sender. So if he tells us that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel, why is that? Because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Can you say amen? So he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, which is actually the good news. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Hey, he's prophesying here. Hello, somebody. Speaking with new tongues. He's prophesying about the day of Pentecost. Thou shalt take up serpents. That's not, you know, that's dealing, dealing with the devil. That's not dealing with snake handlers. Come on, hello, somebody. It doesn't matter how you We are not snake handlers at Life Family Church. We're not. Praise God. Dealing with serpents, they shall drink anything deadly by accident. It shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders following. So God has given each and every one of us, a believer, an opportunity to share our faith. Preach the gospel, which is the good news. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, it says this. All, and we're reading out of the Passion Translation. It says this. Although the believers were scattered by persecution, they preached the wonderful news of the word of God everywhere they went. Philip traveled to Samaria, the city, and preached to them wonderful news of the anointed one. And the crowds were eager to receive Philip, Philip's message. Now, let me give you some statistics in today's time about the world religions. There are top four world religions. The population of the world today is about 7 billion people. Christianity, out of the 7 billion, Christianity is about 2.5 billion or 34-35%. Islam is the second fastest growing religion at 1.5 billion or 21%. Hinduism is 900 million, or about 14%. Buddhism is 376 million, or 6%. Non-religious is 1.1 billion, or 16%. The population of the United States is 306 million. It's almost the population of Buddhists in the world. Wow. Relatively, the United States is a very small country compared to the entire world. I remember when President Barack Obama made the announcement, he said that the United States is not a Christian religion. How many remember that he said that? 
Now, I want to give you a statistic. Now, watch this. There are 303 million or 306 million in the U.S. 227 million or 75%, listen to this, claim Christianity as, watch this, their religion. This includes Catholic, Protestant, Eastern Orthodox, Pentecostal, Anglican, Manifestite, AICs, Latter-day Saints, Evangelical, SDAs, Jehovah Witnesses, Quakers, Assemblies of God, and several other denominations. Now watch this. On that, out of the 306 million people in the population, watch this, only 99 million or 30% claim to be born-again Christians. Was President Barack Obama correct in when he said the United States is not a Christian nation? Because there are some people that choose Christianity as they would choose being a Buddhist or would choose being, you know, Islam or choose being, you know, Hare Krishna or they choose to be a Hindu. So just because somebody chooses the Christian religion doesn't mean it's automatically going to heaven. The Bible says you must be born again. I, I quoted recently on my Facebook page things that I believe. And the number one I put on there was you must be born again to go to heaven. You must be. Come on, hello somebody. You must be born again to go to heaven. Yeah, but Dr. Jack, isn't there one way more than one way? No, Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by him. Hello. We know this to be true because Acts 2, 21 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So being saved is much different than just choosing Christianity to be your religion. And we have to understand that Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. The U.S. Center of World Missions estimated in 1997 that Christianity's total number of adherents is growing about 2.3% annually. This is approximately equal to the growth rate of the world's population. Islam at this time is growing faster, about 2.9%, and is thus increasing its market share. At this rate, Islam would suppress Christianity as the world's main religion by the year of 2023. So in other words, if we don't share our faith with others, if we don't go into all the world and preach the gospel, hello, Islam will become the number one world religion. Now, watch this. When the rapture takes place, and I do believe in the rapture, folks. I do believe in the catching away of the church. I can prove it out scripturally. And oh, by the way, if everyone wants to disagree with that, that's okay. Let me ask you this question. This is the question I asked them. You mean tell me that Jesus being the bridegroom is going to allow his bride, the church, to go through the seven-year tribulation period? So he's going to allow his fiancée to get the crap beat out of her first before he marries her? Oh, I love you, honey. Here's a plague for you. (laughs) Oh, I love you, honey. Here's the stars of heaven falling. Make sure you run into a cave in a hole. Praise God. I just love you so much. I just love you. And oh, by the way, can't wait for our wedding day. How people can be so dumb and still breathe. I don't understand how, how that is. Oh, the church has got to go, for the true church of Jesus Christ has got to go through this pain. Yeah, right. Did he not take our pain? Did he not take our sorrow? Did he not take our sickness and disease? 
Come on, hello, somebody. Jesus took it. And what, he's going to beat the crap out of his bride before he marries her? Oh, I'm just so looking forward to it. I don't understand. Listen, just stick with the Word, man. Just stick with the Bible. Don't come up with some whacked out Zulu weirded old thing. It's just simple. The gospel is simple. Come on, hello, somebody. The gospel is simple. Amen? There's, there's a catching way of the church. And we're counted worthy because of the blood of Jesus. Hello, somebody. We're counted worthy because of His blood. We have an advocate in heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. He forever makes intercession. I got news for you. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. And I guarantee God gets Jesus gets His prayers answered. Can you say amen? That's good news. It's not good news to tell the people that you're going to go through hell before you get to make it to heaven. No. That is not good news. That is not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, hello, somebody. I want to hear some good news. I don't want to hear tickling ears. Come on now. I'm a preacher, not a performer. Hello, somebody. I'm not an entertainer. I am not a motivational speaker. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. I'm going to tell the truth because the truth, if you hear it, will set you free. Can you say amen? Amen. You'll know the truth. So we have to understand that we have a responsibility to go into all the world. Christianity, they do predict that Christianity, if it keeps going, it will be by the year 2024, they're still number one. And I think God will have his way because he's read, he wrote the end of the book. Come on now. And we win. Amen. So I personally believe, and I think I could probably pull it out of the scriptures, I personally believe that we're on the verge of one of the greatest revivals ever in world history since the day of Pentecost. And I believe that it will be an accumulation of every revival that has taken place since Acts chapter 2. Because if you look through history of revivals that have been, you see the day of Pentecost taking place. And then all of a sudden, you know, through the 16th century, the 17th century, you see guys like Charles Finney and, and John Wesley bringing back holiness. And then, of course, you, you see, you know, the Azusa Street Revival, which brought back the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then you got the 1949 through 59 Revival where healing was, was president. And, and then you got the charismatic renewal that took place. And then you got the teaching revival where everybody wanted to hear teachers. And right, Isn't that right? And then, of course, we We've had the joy of the Lord, amen, a revival of joy that brings back the joy of our salvation. And so what, what will be next? What will be next? I think that the gifts of the Spirit, amen. because there's a famine, a huge famine in the land. I mean, even overseas of the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, hello, somebody. And then I think there'll be an accumulation of every revival. There'll be holiness. There'll be the baptism. There'll be miracles, signs, wonders. There'll be a huge net that will be cast. And multitudes upon multitudes will be swept into the kingdom of Almighty God. Can you say amen? And then Jesus is going to come. And he's going to take us home. And then we're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb for seven years, baby. And then he's going to come back riding on a white horse. And we're going to reign and rule for a, a thousand years years and Satan will be thrown into the pit of God and at the end of a thousand years he'll be loosed and then after he's defeated there'll be the great white throne judgment and we're all standing before the throne of God and all of a sudden there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and we'll reign and rule with the king of kings and the Lord I wish somebody would get happy this morning Reign and rule for, for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with a new heaven and a new earth. And then who knows? We'll go to planets. 
I mean, come on, hello, somebody. I mean, yeah, I mean, who just, who knows? Listen, you're going to live forever. And God is not boring. I'm just going to tell you right now, He is not boring. But there'll be no more sorrow and no more pain and no more sadness and no more brokenheartedness. So you know what? We should live our lives under the King of kings and the Lord of lords for the few short years that we have on this earth. Come on. Live for Him. Don't be caught up in the worldliness and the things of the world. All it ever does is bring sorrow and pain and heartache and disappointment. No, I mean, just live for the Lord. Live 100% for Him. And stay on fire for Him. And win the lost. Because that is God's heartbeat. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, one of the things that really brings the power of God is unity. There's just something about being in one accord. We see this in Psalms 133 verses 1 through 3. It says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard of Aaron's beard and went down to the skirts of his garments and as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. See, if the body of Christ would just all come together and have one focus and one goal and that is to win as many people to Jesus, we could actually sweep the world. That's right. And then his return would be sooner than anybody really thinks. If we would just love one another and forgive one another and not be so offended with one another Amen. and not be so offended with the world. Amen. And we just should share the love of Christ with people and the love of God with people. Amen. You know, I like what Miss Teresa said. You know, she planted a little bit and she was a little discouraged because she didn't reap a harvest and Matt encouraged her and said, listen, Apollo's planted and Paul watered, but God gives the increase. Can you say Amen. amen. And we are to live our life as light because the light of God is on the inside of you. We should live our light, our life as light in whatever sphere that we can live. Can you say amen? Because you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. I wonder if this week, this, this coming week, you invited one person to come be with you next Sunday. We'd fill the place up. Amen. amen. What if you invited two? You invited two people to come be with you. They'll just offer them lunch after, after, prayer, after church. Say, I'll take you to Outback for a steak dinner, my treat, but you've got to come to church. Because you've got to offer a steak. I mean, you've got to make it worth people's while. He's got to offer a steak. I'm serious. How, how's the church to grow unless we share our faith, unless we invite people to come to church? Do you know statistically that most people would come to church if you invite them that's just not invited? They're just not invited. Invite people. Listen, I have 4,135 friends that I invite on Facebook every Sunday to come to church. I didn't know I had 4,135 friends. Some of them are over in Pakistan. But praise God, amen. I have, I have 4,130. I invited Abdu Ajib Mahana Wududu. And he didn't show up this morning, praise God, amen. But I encouraged him to go to church. I encourage him to go to church. Praise God. Over in Pakistan. Praise God. Come on now. If you start start doing these little clips, you know, two, three minute clips. Say, all my friends out there in Facebook land, if I know you or not, I know you're my friend. My friend. I want to tell you. 
Go to church today. For this is the day. And if you've got to speak like that, because it's their language, praise God. You speak like that, praise God, amen. And then you come back to America and say, oh, my homies in America. I just want to tell you right now. Get up, oh, sleep. You've been asleep way too long. You need to get up and come to church. Get dressed or I'm coming to your house. I'm going to come and get you. Pull you out in your... What's that, that purple monster guy? Whatever. Barney. Barney. Your Barney pajamas. Praise God. Amen. We're gonna, I'll come and get you in your Barney pajamas. The yeah, the dinosaur, right? Hey, it looks like a big fat plum to me. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway. Bring your Barney friends. Praise God. Amen. All your Barney friends. No, we need to unite as one force, one army. We are the army of the Lord. You are supposed to be a soldier Amen. in the Lord's army. Amen. Don't be AWOL. Come on. No, God has given us the great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go to the book of Matthew chapter, chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Share your faith. Be a witness to the world. Matthew chapter 9, I'm going to pick it up in verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their churches. And Jesus went about all the cities... And villages. We were in the city of Barahona in the Dominican Republic. And the team went out to the outlying villages. Sounds like Jesus' ministry to me. Hmm. So if you were to go outside the city of Plant City, then you would be going into the village of Sefner, the village of Dover, the village of Zephyr Hills, the... The village of your workplace, the village of racetrack, the village of the village of your shopping center, the village. How would it be today? Listen, people are bold today. They will cuss you. They will give you the digit. They will drop the F-bomb in your presence. And they don't give a rip. Why can't you drop the J-bomb in their presence? Hello. And give them the sign of the cross. Praise God. Amen. I mean, do just do, do something to be the light of the world. What does that mean? We have to get outside ourselves. We cannot be consumed with self. And all of our issues and all of our problems and what, we're, what, what has God done from me lately? You can't be, you're breathing, aren't you? Praise God. Amen. Hello. You ate today. I think that's one of the dangers that we can follow ourselves, and all of us can fall into that, that we just get so caught up in living life that we begin to lose the passion of our salvation, which Jesus did for us. 
So he said, and Jesus went about all the villages and the cities teaching in the church, that's a synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Do not allow Satan to make you think that you don't have the power of God. You do. Oh, I just don't have much. You have more than what you think. I mean, in, in my 23 years of ministry, I, I've had some ministers, men of God, tell me, well, you know, you're not ready, you don't have nothing to give. And I thought to myself, you know what, if you got John 3.16, you got everything to give. Amen. And I think the enemy tries to make you feel like you're not worthy for ministry, that you're not worthy. It's a bunch of lies from hell. Amen. And I think the devil ought to go to hell. That's Can you say amen? And I think those lies need to go to hell too. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You, if you got John 3, 16, you have everything. If you got God, you have everything. Amen. And he's merciful and he's kind and he's gracious. You just go about doing God's business. God will take care of your business. And he'll meet you right where you're at. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion of them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then he said unto the disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that they'll send forth laborers into his harvest. Uh, chapter 10 verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles. And I want to show you something that's very interesting between Matthew 9 and Matthew 10.1. It's interesting that Jesus prophesied 2,000 years ago that those that would go into the harvest field would be very few. He knew. So when you go soul winning on Saturdays here, and we have super soul winning every Saturday here, and when you go on missions trips and when you share your faith, you are now one of those laborers that Jesus said that would be few. Because here's the ultimate goal, saints of God. A short time on this life. We've been promised 120 years, but the average life in this life is 80 to 90. What is that compared to eternity? Like forever. How does that compare? It doesn't even compare. So you have 80 years to let go of self and become others oriented and share your faith with them and tell people about Jesus no matter where you're at, even within your struggles, even within your weaknesses, you still share the faith. Because here's the ultimate thing. You will have a reward in heaven. There will be rewards that will be passed out in heaven. And those will last for eternity. There's a soul winner's crown. There's a robe of righteousness. Come on, hello. Yeah, you have, the, you have these rewards because you stood the test of time. And when you felt like quitting, you didn't quit. When you felt like giving up, you didn't give up. Come on now. When others were letting go, you held on. Come on. Sometimes you just got to get Pentecostal. Hold on. No, let go. No, hold on. No, you got to hold on. Praise God. Amen. When you hold on and don't let go, you just keep on going. And you've got to develop the philosophy, I will not be defeated and I will not quit. I'm going to keep on going. When I feel like quitting, I'm going to keep on going. 
I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to give up the contest. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to stay with faith. I'm going to stay with the gifts. I'm going to stay with revival. I'm going to stay with winning souls. I'm going to stay with praying in tongues. I'm going to keep on going. When everybody else is leaving the faith, I'm going to keep on standing. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on fighting. And I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to keep on keeping on. And I'm going to stay with the foundations of the Word of God. I'm not going to deviate because I got bored and somebody here needs something new. Guess what? <laughs> the old is good for me. I'm going to tell you right now. It's been solid. It's foundational. I'm going to keep on standing on the rock, the solid rock. When everything else is on sinking sand, I'm going to keep on staying on the rock. Hallelujah. And I'm going to keep on going. And I'm not going to quit. Even with all my stuff. And my issues. There's not a one of us in here that doesn't have issues. But there's not a one of us in here that can't overcome. Because we overcome by the blood. The blood of the Lamb. The, oh, the blood. Oh, the flood that flowed from Emmanuel's veins. Oh, the flood, the blood that washed me from all my guilty stains. Oh, the blood of Jesus that cleanses and sets free. Oh, the blood of Jesus in which he died for you and me. The blood, the blood, make mention of the blood. And then the flood of love comes and encompasses you, overwhelms you, and floods through you. And then your sins are forgiven. They're washed clean. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Can you say amen? It's a wonderful thing. When everybody else is going bonkers and crazy in the world. Losing their ever-loving minds. You want to know why they're losing their minds? Because they don't have the foundation in which you and I have. This book will keep you sane. And there'll come a time where this book is not in the hearts of men. And they, they, they say things out of their mouth. They, they think things. Their whole thing. They're, they're, it's the blind leading the blinds. It's the blind leading the blind. Why? Why are they blind? They have no light. They have no truth. They've actually come to the place of insanity to actually even say what is truth. They have told lies so much that they think it's true. That's what Stalin said. This is the quote that he made. He said, if you tell a lie long enough, people will begin to believe it. So what actually distinguishes truth from false truth is the Word of God. Because Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing of sword and spirit and joints of marrow. And is a discerner of the heart. It divides between soul and spirit. Soul and spirit. The word, the word cuts between the soul and the spirit. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions and your flesh. And those that have no light living in the flesh. Because they cannot see. For darkness has overtaken them and has overtaken their minds. You can now see those that have light and those that have darkness. Even in great leadership, even in the government, you can see those that have darkness and those that have light. Those that cannot see because they are blinded by the devil. And those that can see because they're they're overcome with light. I'm sorry, I just felt the joy bubble right there. Praise God, amen. Just bubbled right up. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Aren't you glad that we are not of them of darkness? We are of them that have light. Hallelujah!
Hallelujah. Thank God. We are them that have light. We've been taken out of darkness and placed into his wonderful light. Woo! Man, I'm preaching myself happy. Praise God. I'm saying right now. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, praise the Lord. Being in one accord, there's something about unity. Makes a powerful force for the Lord. And so I'm going to encourage you. Start obtaining rewards in heaven. Stop striving so much for the rewards of the earth. For the rewards of the earth will perish. And it will perish with flames. Because the Bible says that everything and everything will be done will be tried by fire. And only things that we did for the Lord will last, but things that we lived for ourselves and did for ourselves will be consumed. So I want to encourage you, even as these last days come to a close, and they're coming to a close quickly. And who knows how many more years we have. I mean, we could have 10 more years. Maybe we could have 20. Maybe we could have 50 more years. Maybe there's 100 years. I mean, who knows? But it seems that things are accelerating quickly. They're moving so fast. So fast. It seems that the sands of the hourglass are going faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. And soon, Jesus is going to turn this thing totally around. And He will have His way. Because He's made a plan, then He made you and I to fulfill the plan. So I'm going to encourage you, even this week, begin to share your faith. Because I know that you have lost friends. You have lost loved ones. It's not our responsibility whether they get saved or not. Our responsibility is to share the good news of the gospel. That's our responsibility. And pray for laborers to enter into the harvest field. Let me ask this question. I don't know about you, but man, I want rewards in heaven, especially if it's for eternity. If that's you, lift your hand and say, Lord, Lord, come on, Lord. I want those rewards in heaven. I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for you. Even in my mess, I want to to live for you. Help me every day to live for you. To stay in the Word. To stay in church. To stay with the Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet if you would, please. Hallelujah. Well, today was kind of Mission Sunday. Praise God. And we want to encourage you this week. If you can't come back tonight, that's okay. But I want to encourage you this week. You know, when somebody to the Lord... Invite some people to church. It doesn't matter how many times they tell you no. Just keep inviting them. Just keep inviting them. Well, yeah, I'm not really into church. Okay, I'll ask you next week. Just ignore what they say to you. Because they, you know, they're just ignoring you anyway. Praise God. Amen. Hey, listen, you come to church next week? Hey, listen, why don't you come to church next week? Yeah, but you just asked me last week. Yeah, well, I'm asking you again because I didn't see you. Praise God. Amen. I'm asking you one more time. Come to church. Come to church. Because people are dying and they're lost. They're dying. They're lost without Jesus. I take, I take what we do very serious. It is life and it is death. It is eternity's heaven or eternity's hell. Because you know what? If everybody's got a chance to see a glimpse of hell, believe me, nobody would want to go there. Even the staunchest atheist. Come on, hello somebody. Even, even the satanic worshipers would not want to live in hell with demons that they entertain. It is life and is death. May we have ears to hear and eyes to see. Can you say amen?
Come on, lift your hands one more time. Let's just worship the Lord. Father, we love you and we bless you today. We praise you today. If there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, I pray they come to know you. If there's anyone in this room that was on fire for God and somehow, some way, they've lost that fire, they get back on fire for God. Lord, those that may have addictions that, that aren't seeing, that they're blinded in their eyes, their eyes are blinded and they cannot see because they, they have deafened their ears to the truth. I pray that their ears will open and that their eyes will see. So, Father, I just bless you and I praise you today. Father, if there's any sick bodies, they'll be healed right now. The pain leaves. Pain leaves their bodies right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you that we have eyes to see and ears to hear. That we take our Christianity very serious. Because we're not going to continue to live the way we've been living. No. We thank you for your visitation. We thank you for your fire. We thank you for your holiness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Father God, that this is not a time of judgment, but this is a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that this is a time of the harvest of souls. And I pray right now, make each and every one of us a harvester in these last days. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.